Welcome to My Practical Psychologist with Dr. Brian Chandler. We're very excited for this first podcast. And Brian, we just wanted to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself. Thank you. Well, I've uh, studied psychology many years ago at Brigham Young University where I received my bachelor's degree. Went on from there to Kansas State University where I obtained my master's in marriage and family therapy. And then finally on to Indiana University of Pennsylvania where I obtained my doctor of psychology degree. I then finished some training at Brigham Young University Counseling Center, an internship, and then another postdoc residency here in Salt Lake City with a a group there uh, prior to being licensed, and then moved to Missouri, where I practiced for 22 years. Um, Did a lot of work in a psychiatric hospital where I treated children and adolescents primarily, but also did some adult work a lot of individual group and group therapy. I had an outpatient uh, clinic as well where I worked with a lot of teens and young adults as well as adults um, with struggling with depression and anxiety. Um, a, lot of, a lot of my practice has been um, conducting psychological evaluations and uh, literally evaluated uh, thousands of, of, of individuals who have presented with a variety of different uh, psychological disorders. And so um, right now I work at the, the state prison uh, where I evaluate inmates and then do some uh, outpatient practice at Therapy Utah in Lehigh. Uh, continue to work with those who have depression and anxiety and I'm passionate about teaching people about how to be mentally fit and emotionally healthy. That's wonderful, Brian. Thank you for sharing that with us. So it sounds like you have a lot of diverse experiences that surely add to the scope uh, of mental health and your knowledge of that. And we, you've titled this uh, podcast, My Practical Psychologist. Why is that? Why My Practical Psychologist? Over the years of my practice, I've, I've uh, learned a lot of complex psychological theories, learned a lot about different uh, modalities of therapy, different therapeutic techniques. Um, all are important or can be useful, but in many ways I think we've made it too complicated. And so people think uh, that, uh, oh wow, my emotional health is just so complex and it's going to take me years to fix me. And I think, you know, it's not really that that way. And uh, I want to demystify um, mental health, and I want people to understand that a, a lot of what needs to happen is, I call it consistent application of fundamental principles. It's not that complicated, and so that's why the, my practical psychologist, that's why I came up with that years ago, because these principles are very practical, and the applications are very practical that people, all people can learn and, and apply. I love that. I love how you're helping people realize that it's a very real thing and it's mm-hmm. something that we can approach without being scared um, and it's not, it doesn't have to be daunting. Um, so I really like that you've titled this My Practical Psychologist because there mm-hmm. are a lot of things that we can do to help with our own mental health. So Brian, how would you describe the state of mental health in our society today? Boy, it's really kind of gotten away from us, I think. Um, um, we've worked so hard to destigmatize mental illness. I don't, I don't really like that that phrase, but we've worked so hard to destigmatize it that we've given it energy, and I, I think we've created a monster. Um, we we often will say to people, "It's it's an illness. 
um, which it's an attempt, I think, to, again, that destigmatizing. We, we don't want to make it their fault and victim blame mm-hmm. because in the process in our, again, our state of affairs in our society, some have concluded that those that have mental health issues, depression, anxiety, are weak human beings. And so, again, oh, it's not your fault. We've come up with that solution. It's not your fault. It's an illness. The problem with that way of thinking is that when we say illness, then we move it into the realm of biology, medical, medicine, um, and, and the idea that, oh, I can't help myself. I need to go to a doctor and get medication. I'm not here to, to badmouth medication. There's a there's a place for medicine certainly, but again, back to the application of fundamental principles. When we when we push it into the biological realm, then we take the locus of control away from the individual and put it out there with someone else, which I think is is not healthy, not mm-hmm. good. And so um, um, we need to change the way we look at at mental health and and mental health problems depression and anxiety. Um, I say this uh, about how we as, as, as human organisms function. I say we are all susceptible to colds, flu, anxiety, and depression. Welcome to the human condition. And so the idea that we, we can't tell someone that, hey, there's some things that you could do differently that will help you and not be depressed and anxious. That's not victim blaming. You know, mm-hmm. if someone someone gets a cold or flu, we don't see them as weak human beings. We see them as human beings <laughs> that we are all, we, we've all had colds and flu. And so they're just human. It's just being human. And, and same with depression, anxiety. Things happen over the course of our life and, and, and we develop patterns of thinking and behaving that can be ineffective. And so to teach people that, hey, this is something that you can do. Um, I think is empowering. Right. Um, again, just like with uh, the idea of if someone is severely overweight, high blood pressure, very unhealthy, and they're sitting on the couch watching TV and eating junk food all, all the time, can we not say to them, hey, I think there's some patterns of, of, of behavior and a lifestyle that's not working so well for you for your health? I think you need to consider changing some of those things. Again, is it victim blaming? No, it's just pointing out the obvious that, hey, you have control of you and, and you can do some things differently. And that's what's happened in our society with mental health. We've People think, I, that's not me. I can't control. It's just an illness. It just happened to me. And I say, no, no, there's things that... that that you can do. Now, of course, you know, a lot of things happen when we're little and we, we start to develop ways of looking at the world and the ways of behaving that, you know, when we were little, we really don't have control over. Uh, but as we get older, and, and that's what I try to teach teenagers and young adults, uh, hey, now we need to start to look at some of these patterns of thinking and behaving that are ineffective and creating some depression, anxiety, and we can change that. I really like that. And I really liked how you are really geared towards that change, right? And um, my question for you is, what do you think we need to change, right? There, there are so many things that we can do. What do you think we need to change to help destigmatize um, that message about mental health in our society? Um, again, this, this, this is the way we look at it. A whole paradigm shift, move it away from the, out of the biological realm and into the the personal realm and back to personal responsibility that I can do this. Um, I like to talk about two myths 
um, that uh, that are are problematic, and I've already alluded to the one, but the the myth that it's biology that causes these problems, and so uh, I need to then get medicine to 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 fix it. Uh, the truth is that biology can play a role. Um, I think not a big role initially. But there's so much more we can do besides just taking medicine to help us be emotionally healthy. And the, the second myth is that uh, um, my mind is so complex that I need to go to a psychologist or a therapist or some doctor that has studied these theories for years and, and understands my mind so that they can help change my mind. And again... Uh, not that the human organism isn't complex, but these principles that I talk about are very simple. I've talked to middle schoolers about these principles and taught them how they can help themselves and with not necessarily having to go see a, 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 a psychologist or therapist for months and years on end. And so changing, again, a whole shift in our, our view of what mental health, what, what depression specifically, anxiety specifically are, that they're fundamental or they're just basic human conditions that happen to a, a, a majority of people right. to some degree, and it's being human. But that it's not a, a, a defect in our, in our genetic makeup or our biology. It's a condition that has come upon us over time, and we need to realize I can take control. I can have personal responsibility to make some changes here. Exactly. I really like that, and I think I, I really love the the example you shared just a minute ago about you know if there's somebody who's super overweight and he's just sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. he's doing nothing but eating potato chips. You know, and they're like, well, you know, obviously his activity is what's contributing to the state mm-hmm. um, of being obese. Yeah. And I really like how you can compare that, Brian, to to our mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you've kind of worded this, um, this emotional fitness, right? Like this man in this, in this yeah. uh, example being physically unfit because of his activity, uh, you have researched and, and written books about, you know, this, this concept of emotional fitness. Mm-hmm. Would you mind kind of explaining that? Certainly, yeah. So as I practiced psychology uh, back in Missouri for many years, I would uh, meet with people that were typically depressed. That was the most common uh, presentation. And as I would get to know them, I would see that not only were they depressed, struggling with unhealthy thoughts and uh, self-esteem issues and just lack of motivation and being really sad and um, um, just having a difficult time functioning, I noticed that... um, uh, socially, they're, they were disconnected, no real friend group. Uh, I noticed that physically, they were unhealthy. They weren't exercising. They're often out of shape, overweight. I noticed that um, vocationally, sometimes they were unemployed, a lot of times underemployed, and unhappy with their vocation. I noticed spiritually, they were just kind of clueless, you know, does God exist, or what's my, who am I, what's my meaning, what's my purpose? And so I started looking and seeing that various aspects of their their life was just out of balance. It just wasn't one thing. Oh, not at all. And so many different things contributed to their depression. And so I started working with people to, to finding which 
aspects of their their life was out of balance and and addressing those areas that needed to be addressed again if someone was was physically unhealthy then i would say hey we need to do some things you need to be more active you need to start considering an exercise program you need to look at your nutrition you need to do all these different things that can help you and and certainly we know that 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 can impact our mood if we're physically fit versus the the guy that's on the couch watching TV all day eating potato chips and so <laughs> yeah and so that's kind of where it came about uh, that uh, we are the human organism is complex and and even the idea that I can just go and, and get a pill to mm-hmm. help me or I even I I'm here I'm shooting myself in the foot I can just go to a, talk to a psychologist for a couple of sessions. That's silly to think that, and then to go back to your world, no friends, uh, lousy job, no, no, <laughs> yeah. And I, I use the example of a person just kind of banging their head against the wall, banging their head against the wall. Oh, my life, my life. Oh, I get this horrible headache. I got to go to the doctor and get some something to help with this headache. And they go and get some some pain medicine. And they say, thank you, doctor. They take the pain medicine. They go right back to their their house and they keep banging their head against the wall. It's kind of silly, isn't it? Kind wow. of silly. The medicine is really going to be useless. So we have to change some things in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. That that really helps, at least in my mind, visualize, um, you know, that we do sometimes unintentionally, you know, put that pain on ourselves, don't we? Yes. And we kind of want this simple solution. Oh, I'll get a pill. I'll do one therapy session a week. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like you were mentioning, it's so many different things. You know, what aspects of my life are are not aligned with yeah. know, how I want to be living? That's right. And I, I really, the, the idea of, of fitness, emotional fitness came to me years ago because to me, it, it's, it's really so much like physical fitness. Um, I think we all recognize that physical fitness is something everybody can do and should do, whether it's just walking, you know, going to the gym, uh, playing tennis, swimming, psych, whatever it is, everybody can do something to varying degrees. We don't have to be Olympic athletes, but we can all do something and should. Yeah. And so, and, and that's what, why I coined the, the, the phrase emotional fitness, because that's what I, how I want people to understand it and see it, that it's just like physical fitness in that I can do this. I can consistently apply fundamental principles that will help me be emotionally fit. And that's what I try to teach all my clients that, hey, here's some things. These are some areas where I see that you're out of balance. Let's have you do some things. So coming in and just talking to me for an hour a week, that's not going to change everything. Now, hopefully I'll, I'll direct them in, down a path. They'll gain some insight and then they'll go out into their world and start making those changes. But that's the idea of, of emotional fitness. Just like, you know, a trainer may say, okay, I want you to do this, you know, one hour a day every week, go to the gym and, and they're going to they're gonna do some things for their physical fitness. I tell my, my clients, I want you to spend an hour or a day or more on, on, on emotional fitness. And I teach them what, what those things mean for them specifically. Right. That's awesome. And I love those those empowering statements that you mentioned of the I can, right? Mm-hmm. I think that those those two words describe emotional fitness in a really beautiful way mm-hmm. because it's it's so empowering, I find. Um, because often in your, you know, thirty years of experience have you found that many people try to blame their circumstances yeah. or blame the things that they feel they can't do for their poor mental state yes oh for sure for sure 
people are great at making excuses because it's it's work. It is work. It's hard work. Just like someone who's out of shape physically. I mean, we've seen it over the course of certainly over your lifetime, my lifetime. All these, you know, fad diets or or even pills like I don't know, Dexatrim, is that still a thing? Some sort of weight <laughs> loss pill and, and these then these contraptions you see on these these infomercials, you know, use this thing, this contraption, and you'll get <laughs> your abs will be will be you know, six pack abs and and it, people want quick and easy solutions. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> and so and I I tell a lot of my clients that come in, you know, the thirty year old that comes in and and uh, I see all these areas of their life that I mentioned earlier. Some of these areas mm-hmm. are out of balance. And I tell them, I say, you know, it's kind of like you've been emotionally eating Big Macs, French fries, <laughs> and drinking soda for 15, 20 years. And now you're at the gym and you want to get in shape. Well, guess what? It's not going to happen in a week, right. a month, or two. It's going to take a little bit of time. Maybe three months in, you're going to say, you know what? I'm starting to get the hang of this. Six months in, I've lost, you know, seven, eight, ten pounds, and I'm seeing more tone. Twelve months, I'm I'm thinking I'm on the right track here. Look at me, twenty yeah. pounds, and look at my tone. And that's kind of what it is, even with yeah, with with emotional fitness. Right. It's uh, it takes work. People, you know, they want a simple, quick answer. And I've had I I say this a lot to people. You know, of all my years of practice, the most common number of visits for for all the clients that I have is one. I have, I mean, thousands <laughs> of clients, but a, a great number of them come in yeah. once, one time, and the next most common is two, <laughs> and truly. And so they come in, and they, they, they want the answer, right. and they want a quick answer, and they want an easy answer. And I say, you know what? fixed in that first meeting, <laughs> That's right. Huh? I say, you know what? It's going to take a little time. It took a little time to get here where you're at emotionally, and it's going to take a little time to turn it around, but it's yeah. going to take work. I like that you share that, and because we don't go to the gym and expect to see a six pack yeah. after forty five minutes, but sometimes we can say, "Well, I went to my psychologist or my therapist one time, and well, I'm still depressed, so it must not have worked." <laughs> That's it. You know? That's exactly right. <laughs> and so I like that you make that comparison yeah. with with physical fitness, and that if we want to, you know, have a toned body and see an actual change, it takes time and it takes consistency. And That's I really right. love how you. So it is the same thing with emotional fitness. Yes, very true, very true. Yep, it's work. People are afraid of work, but (laughs) that's what it takes. Sometimes we are. Yeah, yeah. And we often misattribute people's successes in various areas of their life to, oh, well, that's just, you know, they were just gifted or they, or this person is, you know, mentally healthy because, well, they just, you know, they just had that, you know, gifted to them or they grew up healthier. And we try to attribute that to, again, some other uh, outside force where a lot of times, most time I think when people are successful in any area of life, it's because they've worked at it. They put the time and effort into it. Don't don't assume that that person over there or the person in your class or the person down the street is is emotionally healthy because well they just had an easy life and they may very well have have had troubles and most likely have had troubles but they have decided that they're going to figure it out and they maybe they did go to a psychologist but I suspect they've learned some some basic principles. Um, and they've applied them and worked at it because it, it meant a lot to them and they it was important to them and they, they wanted to make some changes. So it right. takes work. Right. And, and those principles are what we're so excited to discuss 
uh, later on as we continue with this podcast so that we can all learn how we can apply emotional fitness to be more well-rounded individuals. Um, so if you could, Brian, one thing that our listeners could, um, could do this week before next week's podcast, right? How to apply emotional fitness. What would you say? I would say look in the mirror and say, it's up to you. And, and, and I'm going to do this. I can do this. Dr. Chandler says there's simple principles, practical application of fundamental principles that I can do, and I can actually help myself get better. I'll have to be consistent, but I need I, I can do this. So looking at mental health in a whole different light and, and looking at yourself in a whole different light, whatever you're struggling with, depression, anxiety, understand and believe that, okay, this is something that I can I can work through and I can I can be healthy based on the, the, these applications of these fundamental principles. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. And thank you for all who listened to My Practical Psychologist with Dr. Brian K. Chandler. See us next time. <laughs>